Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. there. All right, everybody, we are back. We are so excited today coming to you guys with an interview. Yes, we've had a few standalone episodes recently, but we're so excited to talk to some new friends. We were just chatting about how the digital space is so weird because you are making sometimes genuine connections with people and you can kind of feel like you know people, but when you meet face-to-face, it's like, oh, okay. It's one of those things where you're like, well, I already know a little bit about your life. Do I bring that up? Do I ask it like I don't know? But we're so excited to talk to our new digital friends. Yes, today we are interviewing Brittany and Cass. They have just come out with their new book, Her True Work. We connected with Brittany and Cass actually on Instagram a while back, authentically through Instagram, and we found their page. They are all about just empowering women to find their true worth in Jesus himself and just having conversations around that and encouraging women in that way. And so Samantha and I loved their content. We started consuming their content, becoming a part of that community. And since they're now coming out with their book, and we're excited to chat with them today. So welcome, Brittany and Cass. Yeah, welcome, welcome. Oh, it's an honor to be here, you guys. Yeah, we're excited. Privilege to hang out. It'll be awesome. Will you guys start out by telling us, you can take turns telling us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and how you guys met. We were chatting a little bit before about that, but how you met and started Her True Worth. I can start. I'm based out of Michigan. So I live in Michigan with my husband and our beautiful daughter. She just turned one. So it's been fun. (laughs) That's a crazy year. Yeah. You made it, mom. You made the first year. (laughs) Yeah. The first year. And I'm 31. So having my first at 30, it's presented all sorts of fun challenges. Definitely learning. It's been amazing. So kind of going back to like my faith walk. So I gave my life to Jesus when I was 15. I didn't really know what it looked like, though, to walk out my faith. So I kind of was living in the world. I had accepted Christ, but I really wasn't living for Him until I turned about 19 years old. And that's when I really dedicated my life to Christ and began walking with Him. So to kind of fast forward and go into Her True Worth and kind of how that came to be. So I started Her True Worth because I was in a very desperate place of trying to find my worth. And I found myself chasing after it in the wrong places like body image, beauty, success, relationships. Cass and I actually come from the beauty industry. And I'm also from the fitness industry too. We were very, very well immersed in that culture of placing our worth in those wrong things and using the culture of vanity and good looks to be the measuring stick of worthiness. So that's really what led me to start Her True Worth. And my husband actually was very involved in this space on social media, using it to spread the gospel. So I was very influenced by him and I loved what he was doing. He actually owns an app called Bible Lock Screens. And we run several different Christian platforms, bringing the gospel to social media. So he really influenced me to start a page. And I really didn't think that it was going to turn into what it turned into. And so I had started it and there was a couple people that I invited to kind of join with me and then they felt called to do other things at that time. And so I really just kind of carried the load on my own for a while. And it was in 2017 that I just really felt the Lord pressing on my heart. You need to do this full time. Mind you, like we were not making money. We were not monetized whatsoever. I just really felt a pressing on my heart to do this ministry full time. And it's cool because that's when I met Cass and... 
around that time, we had started to bring on like kind of a writing team doing like little devotionals on Instagram. And so I was kind of building up this team on my own. And I'm like, I just felt God speaking to me that I needed to do this with someone. I really felt like this message of our worth is so powerful that I felt like having two people preaching this message and sharing our worth and identity in Christ in this space is so powerful. Two are better than one. So I know that verse is geared towards marriage, but in my walk and in my experience with her true worth, I just really felt that to be very true. So Cass and I met, actually, it's funny because like I said, we literally met on Instagram. I think I was just scrolling. Same way that I found I you guys. I was just, yeah, same way. You that met I your found, husband on Instagram. I met my husband oh my on goodness. Instagram. So Instagram has kind of just been this amazing avenue for God to work. And literally, I met my husband on Instagram. Wasn't looking for him. We just kind of crossed paths and that was it. I mean, you know how it goes. <laughs> so Cass and I actually, I found her on the Explore page <laughs> back when it was the For You page where it was curated a different kind of way. And I had seen one of her posts and I just, I read it and it really resonated with me. And I thought, my gosh, this girl is so anointed with words and communication. And so we got in touch and at first she started just doing smaller devotionals. And then through many conversations and prayer, I just felt like, Cass, do you want to lead this with me? Do you want to be my partner? Do you want to do this with me? And I'll let you kind of take it from here, Cass, just where you are at in that place and just kind of what God was speaking in your heart. It was just so cool what God was doing in that conversation. I'm trying not to audibly laugh because... When that took place, and I'll tell y'all about my faith journey and my life a little bit in a moment, but to tail off of what she's saying, I was trying not to laugh because when Brittany found me, I was in my first year of public writing. I had just hit my first year of having a blog, all of the things. And I went from like having a private Instagram page to being public with like maybe 900 people. And I was like guest writing, which I mean, 900 people is incredible. That's 900 hearts and souls that I can't fit in my living room to steward. So it's a huge deal. But it was back then the algorithm was different. It was curated differently. And I really, truly thought that Brittany had somehow found my writing because I was guest writing for a mutual friend of ours. Elle Cardell over at Daughter Daughter of Delight Delight at the time. And they had had a social media roundtable event for people who were using social media to amplify the gospel. And so it was just really comical because when Brittany reached out to me, I had no concept of the fact that God had like literally plucked me out of obscurity and put me right in front of her. I love that. And it was the craziest, craziest thing. And then when I started writing for Brit, it was a couple of months in, I had just finished learning how to craft a book proposal that same week that we had our first call. Like I had just went to a conference and learned how to do all the things. And she, a few months into it was like, so I just feel like maybe you're <laughs> supposed to leave this with me. And at that point in time, so I was, I was so sh- like, I was Please close. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably hard to tell on just being on the podcast, but like Britt and I are vastly different in social interactions and things like that. She's much more casual, whereas I'm like apprehensive. And she was so like real chill about it. She's like, you know, I just feel like the Lord's calling me to have you come alongside me to help lead this. 
And at the time it was 130,000 women that we were speaking into with the hope of Jesus and pointing them to their worth and value. And I was like, I'm going to need you to miss me with that for a minute. (laughs) I'm going to need to talk to the Lord. I'm going to need to pray about this. Like, that's really big. I'm not so sure. (laughs) And obviously I did a lot of personal reflection and wrestling because I was like, God, I just really just want to be faithful to you. This is a huge mantle for anyone to carry, but it was just something that I took stewardship of that space at 130,000 and what Brittany had done in the reverence and obedience to God that she had accomplished to that point. And I was very intimidated, to be honest with you, by that. And I just felt led to come alongside her in that. And at that point in time, we had started co-laboring and leading and it became something of its own that neither yeah. one of us had ever anticipated. Yeah. That's so incredible. I was rightfully intimidated. No, that's incredible. I just love that in that story, there are so many things that you guys just like kept taking the next faithful step. Just knowing you guys a bit that I do like from Instagram, it is fun. I can tell you guys are different in social ways. And that's so fun because I'm like sitting here looking at Samantha. I'm like, we are very different. We are like (laughs) obviously best friends, but very different in some ways. And so it's cool how God just goes before us and makes those things work when we're like, oh, this shouldn't probably work. Or like, this is just not what I was imagining or different than my expectation, but just cool that you guys went with that. I I love love that that too. And like our strengths are different and then our weaknesses as well. And they balance each other out. And so I don't know if you guys feel this, our families are close as well. And so we kind of joke with our husbands too, that like we have a marriage in a very different type of way. She's like my husband and I'm kind of like hers. And so when we're together, I'm sometimes like, oh, okay. I'm like seeing- We see the best and the worst of each other as you do in a marriage. (laughs) So we're like, we might as well. But before we jump in, I want to hear more about how everything started to pick up. But if people don't know, so how I found you guys is an Instagram account. And I think you guys have 1.6 million followers on your Instagram around that right now. And you guys post kind of like quote and scripture graphics, like really beautiful graphics that people then probably reshare. And that just brings a lot of hope and truth to people's feeds, which is so, so cool in a lot of ways. But I just wanted to throw that out there in case people didn't know exactly what you guys were on Instagram and what you're doing in that space. And so they can go follow you and add some encouragement to their feeds that are probably full of a lot of very discouraging things. So, But Cass, take us back a little bit too. So what is your like faith journey? Were you a Christian growing up? What did that look like? What's your background a little bit, Cass? And we talk about this in the book that you had talked about where we have so many similarities. We're just like y'all in the concept that like I remind her sometimes of her husband and she reminds me of mine. (laughs) (laughs) And it's wild because we work so well in tandem because of our differences and strengths. But no, I definitely did not grow up in a Christian household. I grew up in a very turbulent home and my mom was extremely young. She did not plan for parenthood in any way, shape or form. And so with that comes its own unique set of challenges. And I was 19 years old when I came to know a genuine faith in Jesus almost 20. And I remember being baptized when I was about 12 years old. 
And I'm going to be real with y'all. I just really was wanting to get in on the juice and crackers game. <laughs> my, my, grand, my grandfather. Ours was true. Hawaiian bread. So it was like 10 times better than crackers. <laughs> so we'll have to the say. bread of life right there. I need to know about the bread of life. I was getting some stale like cracker situation. There wasn't even any saltine sitch. It yeah, was kind of unleavened type of situation. But I remember... The very few times that I would attend church with my grandfather, which was the only Christian that I had any interaction with, was my stepdad's father. And I would go to church with him on the weekends that my parents would go partying because they were so young and they didn't know Jesus. And so I would go and I'd see everybody taking juice and crackers. And I didn't understand the concept of the body and the bread. All I knew is they had something that I wanted And in reality, looking back, I'm like, they really did have something you wanted and that you desperately needed, but it wasn't juice and crackers. It was the body and the bread. It was the Mm -hmm. life everlasting, like the Hawaiian bread type of life, not the stale crackers (laughs) type of life. So I didn't grow up in a Christian household. I came to a sincere faith at my 1920s age range. And when I did, it was like a breakneck transition. I went from being in the world to being completely set apart to the things of the Lord. And I dived like deep, fast and Mm. never looked back. I love what you said. We have talked about that before of just like you saw something in their life and you're like, I want that. Obviously not juice and crackers, but I think that's just so cool. We have talked about that many times and just what does it look like to be living in this world, but not for this world? But to build relationships and be among people and be among a broken world, but with a hope and a joy that we can have because we know Jesus and we are destined for eternity with him. What does that look like? And I just love that you said that because we have talked about that many times with how do we live lives that look like that? But then also that's a story of like how my parents met and just how I hope that people look to me of like, yeah, she looks different than what other people look like in this world. And so I just think that's so encouraging. And it's cool to see over and over again, stories that look like that. You're like, they have something I don't have. And what is that? And then you found it to be Jesus later on. And that's just awesome. And it's a beautiful call for our lives to to live that out for others to you never know who's watching and who's admiring you from afar seeing Jesus in your life. So it's so good to represent that. in that way. Okay, so jumping into kind of your story of how this ministry was going. So you broadcast in, you're like, let's do this together, which also, did you know that she had all this knowledge of a book of how to like write a book and do a book deal? Because I'd be like, oh, that's even a bonus. Like, yes, you have to come. That's an amazing like little perk. No, that's funny that you asked that. No one's ever (laughs) asked us that. And it's a really good question. No, it's a great question. I did not know that she was so well versed in that community of people writing books for the Lord and everything. And to be honest with you, I did not consider myself an author. That was not a goal of mine. If you were to ask me when I was 20 years old, hey, what do you want to do with your life? Wasn't that. That wasn't even on my radar. And so for me personally, in my walk, God just kind of put me in this place. And how often does he do that where we don't think that we're capable based on our own abilities, but because I was able to rely on him and let him lead me through it, I'm really relying on his strength. Therefore, I can truly boast in my weaknesses because it is not in my own strength that I'm doing this. And so it's so funny that you guys are asking that question because Cass, it's crazy. I was just thinking about that yesterday, how amazing it was that God put her specifically in my life 
And with her knowledge in this area and my lack of knowledge, how he just kind of married that for his purpose and his mission was just so truly beautiful. And it was of him. This could have been something that we orchestrated on our own. You could never strategize that type of connection partnership at all. Yeah. That's so cool. So you guys joined together and you have this Instagram account that already has like a substantial following. But I have a kind of curious question about that, too. So was there one particular post that just went viral and brought you a lot of followers? Was it a slow grow? What did that look like in growing your ministry that way? And just tell us about that. That's a great question. And to answer your question, consistency. We were faithful in the small and God continued to add to it and just consistency, waking up every day and being in the word. If you're not pouring in, then you're not going to pour out. Spending time in the word was huge. It is huge. And it was a huge integral part of the growth of this ministry, being able to share what God is speaking to me, what God is speaking to Cass. And I think just that consistency of sharing the gospel in that space, knowing that There's been times in my walk where I've been in a dark place and you go to social media to kind of distract yourself and you keep flipping with your thumb and you're seeing these little squares pop up of people's best foot forward. And it almost like puts you in an even deeper, darker place because now it's a sudden reminder of where you're lacking in your life in comparison to someone else's best foot forward. And so being able to bring the gospel in that space also came from a place for me personally, where I wanted to be able to like put an end to that. You're scrolling and then you see a scripture, right? Or you see the truth of what God says about you. And then you close your app and you go and be with your father and know that what he says of you is greater than anything that Instagram can show you. It's funny because we weren't in a place where we were focused on growth, but God just kind of kept blessing it. There wasn't really any kind of post or anything that made us go viral. It was just consistency and showing up. Well, what's cool about it too is we've done some episodes on this in our podcast or brought it up on previous episodes, but especially on social media, we live in this culture of a lot of kind of mantras that are being preached to us right now. And they on the surface can like feel and sound really, really good. But in all honesty, they're not filled with any substance if you call yourself a follower of Christ. And so what's really cool about your graphics, first of all, they appeal like visually because they're beautiful and they're very on trend and they're going to bring a girl in that's like looking for I don't know, something pretty on her feed, but they're actually filled with so much substance. And so a lot of people listening, if you've never heard of their Instagram, you've most likely seen people you follow share posts on their stories, or you've probably shared a post that goes around. And so I think that's what's so cool about it, because even if people don't realize it, like they're getting this like bread kind of going off that same little communion story we were talking about earlier in their feed that's like filling them up with so much good in this world that's just preaching all these like weird and phony little you do you like I don't know that's just like the most live your truth live your truth like all these things like what's your truth like tell us yeah tell everyone your own truth and so it's like we're so easily swayed by those worldly things and so to have that just on their feed is just so valuable I love that 
And I think what's so intriguing too, is even when we talk about your story, like even Brittany, you say, I met my husband here. I met Cass on Instagram, like all of these things. We have so many conversations of the tension of just again, living in this world, knowing it's broken, but also living with hope and joy of Jesus. And what does that tension look like? Well, it looks like that Instagram can be really hard and really messy and really ugly and bad in a lot of ways, but it can also be really awesome. And you guys have taken a tool that obviously people had the minds to create and it can be a really cool tool. And you guys have said, no, we're going to use this to like spread the gospel and share with women and people their worth in Jesus, which I just think is so cool because it for sure is lacking. And you guys are just meeting that need that people don't even know they may need yet. Wow. It's just awesome. Thank you I so love much. That. Thank That's you. such an honoring thing to say. I appreciate That's so that. cool. Well, going to the book itself, you guys obviously have, yeah, this successful brand and ministry. You're creating a ton of content that people are already consuming. But writing a book specifically, walk us through that process and walk us through why did you want a book and what is your like biggest hope for people actually reading like a book in all of your thoughts kind of in so many pages? I think biggest thing we really realized on Instagram, we're a little bit limited in how big of a message we can share. We have these little bite-sized devotionals, which is amazing. But we knew that the message of our worth and value and identity was one that couldn't just be captured in one single Instagram post. So more than anything, that was kind of the drive behind the book. And obviously Cass and her knowledge, it's not like she's like, hey, let's write a book. It was just a lot of prayer. And I think God's calling us to write a book about this. And It was so cool because after that point, it was like he just kept opening the doors for us, connected us with an amazing woman, Tony Collier, who connected us with her agent, who we didn't even know was one of the best agents in the industry. And it's not like we were seeking it out and trying to find that. It just kind of God was making things move for us. And so one thing led to another and we found ourselves here. I love that. That's awesome. Well, I have to say, I've not gotten all the way through the book yet. We just got it like a few days ago. But even I read the intro and a start of a couple chapters. But I was just so encouraged because I have to mention I wanted people to hear this because I think on the surface, people are like, okay, I know. I know my worth isn't found in Jesus. I know that. And I think we can all have moments where we're like, yeah, we're really confident in that. I don't doubt that. I know who I am. I know who he is. But then we make decisions and we act out in ways every single day that we doubt that truth. And so I just loved, you guys have two chapters that just really caught my eye, was chapter seven, the undistracted, unfiltered, and unfettered before God, discovering intimacy with God. And then chapter nine was circumstances change, your identity in Christ remains the same, which I just were two, I can't wait to read the chapters because I was like, wow, that is so good. Because for someone who, yeah, I've been following Jesus a large majority of my life. Again, I don't doubt my true worth in him, But like I'm saying, I make decisions all the time that I'm impatient and I am flustered and I am frustrated and I don't act totally out of joy or out of just, I don't know, loving others as Jesus loves them. All of these ways, I don't actually act out of that true worth. And so I just thought it was so cool that you guys talk about that in the book. And I love that you bring it back around like, hey, you're going to forget this. Let's all be reminded when those things change. To add to what you were saying, I think sometimes the enemy likes to take our trauma and our trials and triumph it over truth. And so that's Mm -hmm. why it was so important for us to write that chapter about circumstances, because we have walked through that. We've had many trials. I'm sure everybody listening has. But when we allow our circumstances and our trials to tell us who we are at the end of the day, 
there might be an identity issue there, or maybe not even an identity issue, but an open door to seek God deeper and know intimately what he is saying of us. Well, it's kind of like just with preaching the gospel to ourselves. That's what it is. I mean, we are so quick to forget. And so if we're not doing that daily, for me and talking about trials, sometimes when I'm walking through hard things, that's an hour by hour thing that I'm having to preach the gospel to myself, remind myself who I am in Christ and reminding myself what I'm not of the world. And so I love that. I jumped on a live you guys were doing. I can't, was that last night or two nights ago? I just happened to be on Instagram. Was that two, two nights, nights ago? ago? Yeah. I have a six week old. So I have a lot of like feeding time scrolling. Congratulations. Yeah, time just flies by. yeah, exactly. I think I saw something, but I wasn't sure which one of you it was. Yeah, we adopted a little baby about six weeks ago. And so I was on Instagram and jumped on your live and you guys were talking about sometimes to know our worth, we actually have to like know what we're not or like to know who we are in God, we kind of have to know what we're not. And so I think that's so powerful because like you said, Christian, we can think, oh yeah, my identity is in Christ for sure. Like Christian, little Sunday school answer. But when we really break it down, it's like when we evaluate how we're living, it really reveals that maybe we don't really believe that in every aspect. Yeah, I'm good here, here, and here with my worth, but this area of my life, I'm really still relying on what the world is telling me. And I need to give that to God and I need to press him further so that I can be inundated with truth. So I loved that concept on your live the other day. Thank you so much. I was laughing last night as I was reading a bit of it. One of you, I think maybe it was Cass. You were talking about how you're an impatient person. Is this correct? Was it Cass or Brittany? I that was probably that is Brit. Oh, Brittany. <laughs> I mean, okay, Brittany, Brittany. She's impatient. I am <laughs> not trying to drag you. Not me. Yeah. I could never. <laughs> okay, well, Brittany talks about in the book that she's impatient. And I so related to that. I actually laughed this morning because literally like woke up. She talks about these moments where you're going about your day and you're like, I'm spilling my coffee. I'm walking around my house. This is going wrong and this is going wrong. <laughs> and in those moments, you were just the like best. flustered and frustrated and so mad. And you're like, no, genuinely, would I still believe Jesus and be happy about following him if my circumstances sucked all the time? It's kind of like that when it rains, it pours and that whole thing. It's so like, no, genuinely. And this morning, I literally woke up and my dog had rummaged through my trash. It was like literally all over my kitchen. And then I'm walking <laughs> oh out of the God. house and my sandal broke. No. And I was like, we have all these interviews <laughs> today. Like I am so life. overwhelmed. And I was <laughs> just like, life. no, for real. And like, we've talked about that before. We were like good friends with a woman who her husband died later in life. And she walks through that. And we've all talked like, I think that's one of our biggest fears. And we're like, no, genuinely, would I still say, yes, I want to follow Jesus. And yes, he is my true joy and who I want to pursue the rest of my days. And he will complete and fill in the gaps that I so desperately need him to fill right now, even if my worst thing came to fruition. Mm -hmm. And we, yes, for sure want to say yes, but how are we living day in and day out, craving and wanting and knowing him more by being in his word and being intimate, like and having intimate time with him. So I just was so encouraged by that because I'm like, that is me. And I related to that. Gosh, that like makes me tear up because my heart beats for that because (laughs) what you just said, I can still relate to because I feel like stuff like that happens to me all the time. And like the angrier you get, the worse it gets. My broken sandal is right here. Yeah, Don't worry, guys. It's like when your belt loop gets stuck to the handle and you're so mad. It's the Lord telling you to stop being so extra. Trying to get you to act right. Or slow down. (laughs) You're rushing too much. Well, we're talking about all this and we understand how important it is to really be solid in our identity in Christ. But what is your message? How do you help girls, anyone really, 
in those practical ways, like how do we do this? How do we remind ourselves? How do we move the needle kind of back to know my identity is fully in Christ? Like what are some practical ways we can be doing that? One of the things that we talk about in the book is actually something that Brittany came up with and I use it daily called the freedom framework. And I believe it's in chapter two. That's something that's like extremely tangible and a daily practice that you can do is identifying the lie, whatever it may be. So a really good example for my personal life would be like, I'm not worthy of being heard. How does that play out in your life? So it's important that we're able to identify the lies and replace it with truth. Page 32. Thanks, boo. Gotcha. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> it's hard to keep track of the pages. Oh, for sure. Oh, I'm sure you guys have seen them a million times too and forget where things are. Always. Yeah. I'm like, wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brittany might have already made a graphic a few days ago of the freedom framework. It's one of the most tangible ways that you can work through the war for your worth and fight daily with truth. So specifically, you would identify the lie because there is no truth in Satan. The enemy of our souls is the king of lies. And so in order to help us stop looking for our worth and our identity in all the wrong places, we have to be able to identify the lies, whether we are knowingly or unsubliminally knowing, believing Mm. lies. And so we have to identify those things. We need to combat them with truth. And so one of those lies for me personally is that I'm not worthy of being heard. Well, how do I act on that lie? I don't share my opinions or my thoughts out of fear of rejection or concern that it might be wrong to somebody else, or I might not stand up for myself or advocate for others. And so that's a really unhealthy way that that lie can bleed into my life. And how does it affect me? It affects me because then if I'm not speaking up and don't feel like I'm worthy of being heard, then I start to have a little bit of resentment or passive aggression underneath the surface of unmet expectations or opinions that I haven't shared. And the truth is that I am seen and known by God. The way that I combat the lie that I'm not worthy of being heard, I'm not worthy of being known up close, is that I look at Genesis 16, 13, and it talks about Hagar, how she was a refugee in a land that wasn't her own. She was pregnant teenager to a man that she didn't choose. She was desperate and she was running away from a treacherous situation at home. And she is the first person in the whole Bible who gives God a name. We know that we are seen and known and loved by God because we can look at Hagar and we can see her in her most desperate moment. She had every reason to believe that she wasn't worthy of being heard and that she was not seen by God. And he met her as she ran away from her problems and she gave him a name. You are El Royai. That is Hebrew for you are the God who sees me. And so how do we allow that truth to act on it? For me, it looks like me acting on being brave and being discerning of when and if to speak and to trust God to give me the ability to put guards at the gates of my lips when it's not edifying to him or it's not truth. And so how does that affect my life? It affects my life because then I am set free from that lie. I now have the ability to speak truth in love and also discern when it's better to hold my tongue. Mm -hmm. So I can hold both. It can be very nuanced. I'm worthy of being seen and heard. I know that God loves me and my words hold weight. How do I experience the healing? So in the freedom framework, we need to figure out where's the freedom from the lie. 
So the way I experience healing in that is that I learn to be courageous and to trust the Holy Spirit to discern when and if to speak, because silence can speak volumes, but compliance doesn't mean agreement. And so we need to be able to know that we have the freedom. For me, it's the freedom to speak. And I'm expelled from that lie. I'm able to be set free from that. And that isn't just for me, y'all. When we set ourselves on course to combat these lies, we're also giving others permission to do the same. Freedom is contagious. And so when you see somebody who under the surface has an underlining fear of or insecurity of my voice isn't worthy of being heard, and then you see them speaking boldly truth by the discernment of the Holy Spirit, that also indirectly, it emboldens you to do the same. That's how the Holy Spirit works. Freedom is contagious. We were talking about earlier, the bread of life and the still crackers and seeing people who had something that I wanted and I knew something was different about them. That's what freedom does. Well, that is just so good. That gives me chills. And it also just makes me like so in awe of what God has been doing and is doing in you, Cass, because it is just like insane for you to say, I just don't feel like my words mean anything. I shouldn't speak up because I have nothing to say. And then you say all of that. Praise Jesus. And you're gifted in that. Yeah. That you are fighting against that because that really gives me chills. That's awesome. Very, very cool. I also just love what you said, though, that that freedom and you acknowledging that also gives other people to speak into that. I am so thankful that I have friends and people in my life who can call out things in me. And I think that's just so good in good community and good friendship. We're talking about that kind of more on our podcast recently. All of us crave that. And it is so incredible when you have other people in your life who can say, hey, I've seen this in you. Are you struggling with battling this or this fear or this rejection or whatever. And they can encourage you in that, be praying for you in that, and also then hold you accountable to say, hey, like I felt like you wanted to say something. You should have spoke up. What do you want to say? Or I'm sure you and Brittany, you guys play off of each other of that because I'm sure Brittany can see that in you. And that's just so cool. And how, again, God uses other people to refine us and to work with us and just to combat what the devil shares with us in our minds that we think is truth. And he uses other people to combat those things. That's just really, really cool to hear from you. Well, we just love all that you guys have had to say. And I'm excited for your book because I feel like your Instagram and the way, like you were saying with these devotionals that you've been able to put out there, it's almost like the snack for everyone. And then this book is going to be like the meal. And so I'm an appetizer and then the entree. Yes. I like to think of a little like snack, like a little afternoon snack that has kind of can fuel you. Like sometimes my lunches, I'm like, I'll just do a little snacky lunch. But then I'm like, by four so o'clock, weird. You're really so weird. ready for, I'm like, oh, I didn't actually like, eat a meal. And so this book, I'm so excited because you don't like my analogy. If you guys want to use that analogy, you can just give I her love credit. That. Yeah. 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 Give us credit that for that perfect. one. I'm so excited. So please tell everyone your book comes out on July 5th, Tuesday. We are a few days out from that. So I'm sure you're feeling like You can all pre-order now, but what should they do and where should they go to find your book? So you can go on Amazon is probably the easiest way to order. But I mean, pretty much anywhere where books are sold, Barnes and Noble. And if you pre-order now before July 5th, you will receive goodies. So make sure to do that so you can collect your goodies. We will link all of that for our listeners as well so they know how to find it easily. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Well, we want to end with just kind of a fun question too. If you guys have anything on your summer bucket list, we're doing a few interviews this summer. We're asking everyone the same question. So what's on your summer bucket list? What are you doing? What are you looking forward to? Maybe you've already done it. 
For me, so I have not been able to take my daughter to the beach this summer yet because we've been so slammed with book stuff. So I'm excited to get her to the beach, have her experience the sand and the water for the first time. And actually today we're going to go see 4th of July fireworks. So she has not seen those. She was like one month old last year. So, well, not one month, but she was very, very little last year. So we didn't do the fireworks. So this will be her first time. So that is something that's definitely on my bucket list that I'm excited about. Holidays just feel like really fun milestones for the first this and that holiday, especially like if you like holidays, it's just like fun memories. What about you, Cass? My bucket list, honestly, is launch this book baby. And then immediately after, I'm really looking forward to taking probably a weekend off the internet with my fam bam and going to a cabin somewhere in Oklahoma. Oh, yes. And playing Uno and getting real competitive with it with all three of my kiddos and my man. I love a good game. That's on my bucket list. My kids are ruthless with it. It's fun. That's (laughs) awesome. Well, well well-deserved. You guys have worked hard and I'm sure the book launch is like, I don't know, coming. And Probably it's feels like feel you're so birthing excited. another baby. Like I've heard that from authors before. Like you're birthing a book baby. It mm-hmm. definitely feels like that for sure. Well, yeah. congrats to you guys. That's I know. a big deal. And we're really excited for it because we know we believe in what you're doing and we know that it's going to impact a lot of women. And so we support you. We're excited to see your ministry continue to grow. And we just appreciate you chatting with us today. Thank you so much, ladies, and just praise Jesus for how he's working through you guys. And we're excited to promote your book and get people just knowing more about him. Thank you, guys. It was such an honor to be able to be on here and chat with you guys. Yeah, it's a privilege. We're grateful to know you. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Thank you.